It's a bonus hour of the Inside Outside Guys, sponsored by Rove Pest Control. To get 50% off your initial service this summer, visit rovepestcontrol.com. That's Rove with a V. Now here are the Inside Outside Guys, Ken Calverly and Chuck Bridenstine. All right, Chuck, real quick, go over all the pests that Rove Pest Control can take care of for people. I can't begin to go over all of them, but I, I can go over one. I had a good friend who's up in Alaska, and he sent me a text last night, and he said they are going to be starting to eat the state bird. Of course, he got my curiosity, and I texted him back, and I found out he's talking about mosquitoes, which are, if they haven't hatched yet, they're gonna, right? Ticks, um, stink bugs, box elders, spiders, ants, and dozens of other creepy crawlies we're going to cover on the next hour of the inside outside guys featuring our good friends from rove pest control stick around we'll be right back on wjr Welcome back to the bonus hour of the inside outside guys show sponsored by rove pest control we have the uh, COO, Rob Greer, here that you've met in the past and that we think the world of in terms of his passion for what he does. And we got a guy that a lot of you met out in Novi, J.B. Hines, the Rove Pest Control Michigan man. Uh, so during the next hour, we hope to milk their brains about pests. <laughs> and there, I tell you what, we're, we're coming up on the season if we're not there yet. Okay, it's getting warm, warm, warm. And if you haven't uh, been chased in the house by the mosquitoes we all know this is michigan and they are going to let's start off with that let's talk about your mosquito control and how you guys handle the mosquito control part first of all i think some of the mosquitoes are big enough that you could saddle up and ride them around the neighborhood <laughs> like a little personal drone um like you mentioned things are heating up it is really shocking how quickly those mosquito populations will explode you have several different kinds that we're dealing with here. Some of them are going to be coming from uh, freshwater sources, just permanent water sources. You're going to have others that are going to be coming from containers. So as we're getting these spring rains, whether that's a tree hole, uh, an old tire that was left out, a kid's Tonkin truck that's sitting there, or even just a bottle cap that a neighbor let fall, that is enough for container mosquitoes to have their eggs hatch, come out, and then you've also got some of the floodwater mosquitoes that are going to be coming out of just damp, muddy ground. And sometimes this is along a stream bank or pond edge. Um, it might just be a place in that wooded area around a neighborhood where water collects and there's puddles and they'll just come out of there. So it's literally one of those things where you go out one day, nothing. Next day, 12 bites. <laughs> How far will a mosquito travel away from its nest? That depends on how badly it wants to get some blood and also the type of mosquito. Some of them are going to be very centralized. A lot of the ones that we deal with in neighborhoods are only flying about 10 to 30 feet from their nesting site. So with those, we can get a lot of effectiveness with just one individual doing mosquito treatment. We don't have to have the entire neighborhood. Um, that being said, you kind of have to have continual treatment because they're going to find those voids and they're going to travel and go look for someone to feed on. So, you know, if they're going 300 feet or half a mile, like that's a big area and you need some coverage to protect you. 
You know, we've, we've had so many listeners email us about standing water in their backyards, Rob. So, so this really is an issue potentially with mosquitoes. Yeah. Especially with just how saturated that ground can get uh, a lot of people. There's absolutely nothing you can do better than what you are. You have the gutters in place. You have the good drainage systems in place, but that rain comes and they, they don't need long. I mean, a day to two for them to get eggs laid for hatching. Like they can be really fast in a lot of situations. Now your, mos- your mosquito control <clears throat> secret sauce, will it kill the eggs too? When you come out and spray, will it kill the eggs as well? We actually do have something for the eggs. A lot of places we're not able to access, um, but we do have a larvicide that we're able to put down that'll help stop them before adulthood. That's amazing stuff. Is there a difference between a rove pest control and other pretenders that say we can take care of this problem for you? (laughs) Really? I wish there wasn't because it would just make (laughs) the industry so much better. But honestly, you get a lot of individuals that start their own company or you get a lot of sales reps that are just overly eager for the sale and they're willing to say whatever. And I think the big ticket is if your company is saying that, you know, they're, they're pitching a general service and they say, yeah, it'll take care of mosquitoes too. That should just give somebody pause because you can't be treating in the same place for a spider that you are a flying thing going after sucking somebody's blood. Like they're just not in the same world in any way, shape or form. And you really have to target that. I think the other thing to bring up too, is it's not just about duping a customer. We also have pollinators that we really need to be aware of and taking care of. And if we're being haphazard with how we're treating and throwing things around, we're going to be killing things that we don't want to. We're going to be affecting things that need protected and not even hitting the mosquitoes. Wow. What a great subject. Cause I, I mean, you got to figure what's going on too much of what you just spoke about has been going on for the last couple of decades for us to have the issue and how smart to be prescient to, to have a certain chemical that will take care of the mosquitoes, but won't hurt the pollinators. I mean, the, the research and R and D that went into something like that is supposed to be out of this world. Oh, it's fascinating. It's really fun to see what's going into it. And every time I think they've got stuff dialed in, there's some other scientists that's diving in even deeper and, and trying to really nail it. So it's cool to see it going in that direction for sure. Well, that's gotta be a difference maker then really, you know, th- that you guys are constantly looking for that product that that narrows the focus of what you're trying to do on behalf of the buyer without harming something you're not intending to harm yeah exactly right um you know being able to target that specifically being able to give that peace of mind to any individual on both sides right peace of mind that you can go enjoy your backyard and not have to donate blood when you're out there (laughs) but also peace of mind that you're not harming the environment like I think what a lot of people don't realize is when we go in and we start messing with landscaping and putting up houses, we're messing with a little bit of balance there. And so it takes a professional eye and professional effort to restore that, how it should be. That makes perfect sense. Katie Hines, I know, I know you're our local guy here in Southeast Michigan. And I asked you earlier, um, people are really afraid and they shouldn't be afraid to sit on their back deck, but the tick, people are talking about ticks like crazy. When you do your mosquito spray, can you take care of the ticks at the same time? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, the sprays that we use, uh, for mosquito, it does help with ticks. Also, we also use a granule that we can put down, um, 
usually I have my, my mosquito tech put a, um, a barrier along that back fence line or near the wooded line. So it can, uh, kind of help with those ticks that are coming from the outside before they get into your yard. So. Oh, if you do that kind of a treatment, how long before someone could expect results? I'm sorry. If you perform that kind of a treatment, I mean, people, it is, is it going to work immediately? Is it going to take 24 hours, 48 hours? How, how long does it take? They're going to have immediate results after the treatment. And don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that everything is suddenly gone for good forever. It is a thing where we can focus in on where they're coming from, create those barriers so that as things come in, they'll come across it. It'll take a day or two for them to die, but some will start dying immediately. So kind of the main thing to think about is just a continual drop over time. Now we also have a lot of, um, besides homeowners, we have a lot of business owners out there as well. And you guys perform work for both homeowners and commercial services as well. Correct. Correct. I want to make sure, I want to make sure we get that out there. Let's go to break. We get back, back from break. Let's talk about some of the uh, hottest insects out there. And, and let's talk about the rodents, the main rodents that everyone is so afraid of, including Chuck. And I don't understand why, because there were like a hundreds up his side. Hey, you're listening to the Inside <laughs> Outside guys talking with Rove Pest Control right here on AM 760 WJR. Welcome back to this special hour of the Inside Outside Guy, sponsored by Rove Pest Control. To get 50% off your initial service this summer, visit rovepestcontrol.com. That's Rove with a V. Once again, here are Ken and Chuck. We've got the COO, Rob Greer, with us and Rove Pest, Pest Control Michigan expert, Rob, or I'm sorry, J.B. Hines. A lot of you met down at Novi, uh, and we got a lot of good met. J.B. was a guy that had all these bugs he had live stuff <laughs> and, and you could see people going you it was crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah step back some of it was uh was kind of gross a couple things i want to touch on real quick when you come and you, you you treat my property for mosquitoes will you help me identify the areas that they may be living in and breeding in is that something you do as well oh yeah definitely that, that just helps out the homeowner on its own just so they know where to look and and if we get another rain in between those times, which we do here in Michigan all the time, um, yeah. they know to go back out and maybe dump that like Tonka truck or that rain barrel that they have that's over swing. That's not really working right. I was thinking tire swing, yeah, being a yeah, dad. Yeah. swing and all that, yeah, definitely. Or that that bucket that they have next to those kiddie pool that they're ducking their feet in before they get in, like those uh, types of things. So, how yeah. often do you have to go inside a house to treat? Um, it's, it's totally up to that customer. Um, we can do it every single time we come out, but ultimately everything we do on the outside is going to help everything that's on the inside. So you'll, you'll definitely have those occasional ants that might get in the sugar ants or whatever, the sweet ants that grandma used to call them. Um, they, they would come in sure. And we can come in at that time and take care of that for them. Matching ants. Are those ant traps a waste of money? I mean, because it doesn't take care of the problem. All it does take care of the symptom, right? It attract, it's not going to attract the nest. The whole nest is going to be brought to that. Speak on that for a second, please. Yeah, you're talking about one tool in 
the whole box. So if I want to go and work on a car and I'm just carrying a hammer in there, I can break a couple headlights and I can do some, some cool stuff here and there, but I'm not going to be able to fix everything. And that's how it is with ants. Um, you have a very small percentage of that colony that's even leaving. And most of those baits are just killing whatever's coming out. So, you know, if you're talking about a colony of a couple hundred thousand ants and maybe you're seeing 200 of them and then those little bait traps kill off 50% of those, you haven't even made a dent in the overall colony. So when we tackle ant situations, we try and approach it from at least three different angles so that we're using a multifaceted approach to get long-term control in an efficient manner. Like termites okay. south up here. I'm sorry, Ken. Go ahead. People are scared to death of carpenter ants. Is every big black ant a carpenter ant? No. <laughs> it would be easy to tell everyone that, but yeah, there's a... <laughs> There are so many different ant species. When you're looking at an ant, if you want to be able to figure out if it is a carpenter ant, um, first thing to know is they're not all going to be large. There are some carpenter ants that are relatively small and they're smaller than some other really common species that we have. But what you're looking for is in between that second and third segment between the abdomen and thorax, there's a little connection piece that's called a node. Some ants have two of those. Carpenter ants only have one and it's partially hidden. And then the other thing is that middle section on their back, it's dome shaped. It's called the thorax. And there are some that are evenly rounded and there are some that are unevenly rounded. So they're kind of bumpy. So if it's a nice, even round kind of dome shape and there's that one node, then most likely it's a carpenter ant. And, and no baits you're going to buy at any hardware store is really going to take care of carpenter ants, are they? I keep looking. We use a bait that is particularly developed for carpenter ants and carpenter ants alone because they do have a different biology than, say, a pavement ant or a pharaoh ant or those little black ants. That they're all going after different things. In fact, right. uh, carpenter ants will actually farm aphids. They put up these little guards and they'll protect them and they feed off of the sweet secretion there. So they're doing some cool stuff. Um, you need something that's specifically designed for them. How, and how many different kinds of ants can one person have in their home? Uh, in their home? Yeah. I mean, theoretically a thousand different kinds, but I'd say here in Michigan, you're probably talking about 10 to 15 different kinds of ants that, that you're likely to find on a regular basis. Still too many. Yeah. One is too many. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the, what, go ahead, Joe. Go, go ahead, Mark. Do you tend to find more of them in buildings like commercial buildings that are slab on grade or doesn't it make any difference? I would say it depends a lot more on what's going on inside of that building rather than the actual construction type. The only time I think you're going to get really specific on construction type is going to be with carpenter and acrobat ants where they're going to need um, soft wood or some kind of void that they can take advantage of. But other than that, than that it's really going to be what food sources are available and in homes that's really plentiful, but commercial buildings too. If you have any kitchen, even just break room areas, um, even areas where there's no food allowed. I can't count how many times I've gotten into a place where I go, no, 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 employees can't have food in here. 
and I'll go and open up a drawer and there's a Snickers in here and there's a Twinkies there. Like people stash food all the time. That was yeah. my drawer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about safety issues when it comes to rodents? We can go from mice, we can go to mosquitoes, we can go to bees. We all remember the West now that was out hack has to be 10 or 15 years ago. We all, you know, we all know malaria. And we, you, you stated on the last show, the mosquitoes are responsible for more death than any other creature out there. Is there anything that we really have to be careful of far, far as homeowners disease that some of these uh, rodents may bring into our house or bring on to us? Not yeah, just rodents, insects as well. Yeah. Yeah, specifically with mice, um, the one that I warn people about the most is hantavirus. Um, that is one that's relatively serious and it's airborne. And so what happens is people will go into an attic or a cellar or a basement or whatever, and they'll find these old dried mouse turds, and then they'll just get to sweeping them up or they'll suck them up with a vacuum. There, if if there's anything in there, that's the perfect recipe to get it up into your system. So you really want to be careful when dealing with any kind of mouse droppings that are out there. Um, besides that, I mean, go on any website and you'll see a big list of all the different pathogens that mice carry. And the concerning thing to me is mice are coming in looking for food. They're looking for places to sleep and whatnot and they'll run across any surface and so it's really hard to tell if there are mice around where they've been um even what food they've accessed they've been in a lot of people's homes where i'm doing the inspection and they've got this bag of rice and they don't realize that mice have been feeding on there so you've got the saliva you might have some droppings right nearby there um yeah mice are no good for that how do you spell that virus you you were describing earlier H-A-N-T-A, hantavirus. Gotcha. So you would recommend if someone is going to do it themselves, they put a full respirator on when they do that? Yeah. Yeah, a good, good face mask, good respirator would be the way to go for sure. Make sure that that's solid when you're cleaning up and then, you know, wear gloves, wash your hands afterwards. Be careful. JB, you had mentioned about uh, rodents earlier and, and the size. Is this statement true that a mouse can fit into a whole 10% the size of his body? If his nose can fit in that hole, he can probably get through it. So there's there's some pretty good YouTube videos of people doing those demonstrations with mice and stuff. And it's it's amazing on no matter how fat they are, how much they can squeeze through it. Because really a mouse's body makeup is like really soft and pliable. So they can just maneuver and get into wherever they can get into. So Would that be the same as a rat? Can a rat fit into a, t a whole 10% of the body? The idea? I, I think a rat's a little bit bigger of a hole, so um, I'm okay. not quite sure about percentage-wise, uh, depending on the size of that rat. So. Well, I say that because we kind of had a, a ha have had a rat boom around Southeast Michigan, a lot of areas that when I grew up, we never had rats, and there are rats now, which yeah. makes me think of ticks, because yeah. the, the, the mouse, mice and rats, they can bring ticks into the house as well, can they not? Fleas. Ticks, fleas, yep. yep. Definitely. And in kind of your general guideline is if there's a gap a quarter inch, that's big enough for a mouse. And if you're at half an inch, then that's big enough for a rat. There you go. Wow. <laughs> that's scary. Yeah, that, that, that gives me the creepy crawlies. <laughs> yeah, exclusion work gets difficult when you're considering those sizes because our homes are just full of gaps that size. Yes, they are. 
Wow. <laughs> yeah. So what, so here's the question. We're going to go to break. When we get back from break, let's talk about some of the way that you can help identify some of these pests, how you can help identify what we were just talking about, mice or rats or any of that kind of stuff. So we're talking with uh, Rob Greer, who is the COO of Rove Pest Control and JB Hind, who takes care of everything here in Southeast Michigan. Once again, this is the Inside Outside Guys with Rove Pest Control right here on AM 760 WJR. Welcome back to the bonus hour, the Inside Outside Guy, sponsored by Rove Pest Control. And we've got Rob Greer and J.B. Hines with us. Guys, what are the hot insects? I mean, a lot of spiders are appearing everywhere. Is that one of the hot ones right now, or are there some other ones? Well, it kind of depends on the neighborhood you're in. Um, We are right on the verge. I know Memorial Day weekend is kind of the... uh, wasp kickoff season that's when a lot of those are going to start coming out um some people that are close to some of the areas where they were overwintering started seeing them as early as april so they're they're really going to start popping soon um bed bugs they're kind of cranking all year round i think the more people get into summer travel the more opportunity they have to hitchhike so we're right on the verge of that Ants have been out since the snow disappeared, just trying to rebuild their food storage. Um, They'll hit a little bit of a lull where they'll go out. They've got all their food stores restocked, but then rains and high temperatures are going to drive them inside. And then you've always got the rodents that are out there building up their populations and kind of doing their thing out of sight, out of mind during the summer, but they're one you don't want to forget about because you leave them unaddressed and then you have a bigger issue to tackle when things cool in a few months. You know, everyone always said, what are you going to, what are you going to ask God when you first see him? And I think one of my first questions is why mosquitoes and why, <laughs> and why wasps? Tell me what purpose they serve. Wasps. I mean, I love the honeybee stuff. We got to be careful, but wasps, they're just mean son of a guns. You just walk by and they attack you. Yeah, they're, they're pretty terrible bullies. Uh, the one plug I will give for wasps is we can credit them for paper as we know it. So they build their nests out of a paper mache thing that gave inspiration to us taking some of those same materials and stamping them flat into paper and using that. So they were very good for that, but we don't need them for that anymore. So they can go away. <laughs> You found you found the one thing they were good for, right? Yep. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> now, how how can people identify? Is is there a way people can know whether they have besides seeing the ants um, bed bugs? I'm sure you've heard people don't even know they have bed bugs. How do they identify? And also mice. I mean, it's very hard to see mice. How can people identify they may have a mouse problem as well? For this, there's a lot of really good resources. If you have anything you're noticing, you can hop on um, ropepestcontrol.com and go to our blog and kind of click through the different insects. I have lots of tutorials that I've done on there on identifying different signs of insects. Because, yeah, you take a bed bug, and really what you're looking for in those initial stages are signs, not the actual bug itself. But you're looking for the little droppings that look like pepper flakes. You're looking for little blood smears. You're looking for eggs. You might be looking for cast skins as they're, you know, 
shedding that one skin to molt to the next stage, that might be what you're finding. Uh, with mice, sometimes it sounds, you know, we might be dealing with different senses here. You may not see the mouse. You might be hearing some sounds. You might be identifying some chew marks and then just looking for droppings. Um, one fun and scary thing to do is go with a UV light and look for unexplainable markings. But yeah, Yuck. that can get interesting. Yuck. Let's make it clear. None of these sounds or these things you see are going to go away on their own. And no. it is unbelievably hard for a homeowner to take care of pets on their own safely. Is that fair to say? Yeah. And I think the biggest thing too, is just the amount of time and mental strain that's going to go into it. Like we all have things that we want to do and need to do. We want to be spending time with our family, our kids. We need our full mental capacity at work. We need to have some time for our own hobbies and personal development let the weirdos that chose to work in pest control deal with all these nasty things and stay away from them and keep your life easy. I, we got hail damage. I'm not going to go out and start pounding around on my wife's hood with a hammer. Like there's, there's people that know how to do that. I'm not going to waste my time. Speaking of weirdos, JB Hines, yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, I'm joking. You're going to be the one. Some people may see if they call rope pest control, correct? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you call in for a free inspection or whatever. It's probably going to be me coming out there to take a look at what you may have. Either it's bed bug or mice or rats or wasp or whatever. And, and Chuck and I can attest, you are not afraid. He's not afraid no. of anything that's a thousands his size because no. you actually brought him to the show like they were your pets. Yeah, I actually picked up a few more just this past week and 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 put them in with my other guys. So um, yeah, I have cockroaches and, and bed bugs in my office just so I can play with them and see how they act and how long do they live on their own. And I've had bed bugs in here for almost six months that are still walking around looking for some food. So you're, you're proving Rob Greer's point about weirdo weirdos. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all about that. So I've been, I've been doing this for eight years and I've enjoyed every minute of it. So that's awesome. Yeah. I would love to come out and, and take a look at those wasps and stuff, but yeah, we've been taking down wasp nests already. So, and they're, they're growing, um, at least I know some of my guys are out there already saying, yeah, they're getting as big as, you know, half dollar sizes or a little bit bigger than that now already. And so, and, you know, with the way the mugginess is going to happen and the humidity, that's just going to explode a little bit bigger and bigger. So. You guys also will provide educational programs to apartment complexes and commercial facilities. And, and I think that's something people need to know about because Ken and I hear all the time that's from awesome. people in apartments, my neighbors got bed bugs and I think they're coming into my place, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And these are really fun to do. And we encourage people to reach out to us to set them up. When you're talking about running a hotel or an apartment, you have a lot of people, your staff that are out there that have, the frontline view of what's occurring, but if they don't know what to look for, they're not going to be able to notify you of issues that need addressed. And, you know, if you're talking about hundred, 500 units, the faster you can get on something before it becomes a big issue, the better for just the cost of resolution, but also that impact on tenants. So yeah, and we're not just limited to hotels and apartments. We've done things for hospitals. Um, there's particular programs for libraries, uh, pretty much any industry we can look up and see what the common pests are and what your exposure is. And we can train the staff on 
what to watch for, how to protect things, even just a computer facility. We just did one of those where we talked to them about the dangers that uh, rodents could have and to keep food away so that they don't have something chewing on their wires and bringing down a server. Well, you just mentioned hospitals. I mean, that they have to stay clean. I mean, they have to stay clean. Um, uh, um, homeowner associations, the condo complexes, um, the management companies out there, movie theaters, um, commercial, anyone, anyone that may have a large amount of the public, you, as a as a business owner, I want all my staff to know what to look for. What are the signs? And you're going to come in and do that for them. Uh, people should really take advantage of this. Yeah, definitely. Um, it is super advantageous. It doesn't take very long and you don't have to worry about feeding them the wrong information, which can be really difficult. You talk about a homeowners association, you bring together 40, 50 different minds with various backgrounds. Everybody thinks they're an expert in everything and it helps to just say, hey, this is the person that's going to tell you what we need to watch for and what we need to work on as a community and what we need to do as individuals. Okay, we're yeah. going to go. We're going to go to break. When we get back from break, we're going to talk about um, your webpage, which is a phenomenal webpage. Um, if, if the people call, give you a call. What what happens from that point? And also, we're going to talk about some employment employment opportunities, some career opportunities with Rove Pest Control, right here on the Inside Outside Guys at WJR. Welcome back to this special hour of the Inside Outside Guy, sponsored by Rove Pest Control. To get 50% off your initial service this summer, visit rovepestcontrol.com. That's Rove with a V. Once again, here are Ken and Chuck. And again, hopefully we've made the point that you want to be talking to these people for any concerns you have, commercial or residential, for any pests. And we should also talk about if there's damage done to possums, raccoons, foxes as we go into this. But the local number is 248-988-9094. And if you forget that or you're driving down the road, it's at the website, InsideOutsideGuys.com. Yes, exactly. Or you go Road Pest Control. Dot com. All right. Right now we're talking to Rob Greer and J.B. Hines. Been a great show, guys. Want to remind people, you know, anything they need. You're the company, your new company, newer company in the area, but you're also growing like crazy and expanding. Can you tell people about that, please? Yeah, uh, it's been a fun market. We hopped in there in 2017 as part of an expansion project and just this year, we decided to open up a new location in Detroit downtown just so we could have a little bit more central location to some of the businesses down there and even some of the suburbs there that could use a little bit speedier service and attention will be a lot closer. We've been talking about a lot of reactive services. Should people take proactive or preemptive uh, measures against most of these pests? Yeah, definitely. Uh, proactivity is definitely the name of the game in pest control and I think most areas of life. But uh, what most of our customers really like is just having a seasonal thing taken care of for them where we go out, we look for what conditions are developing that are conducive to different pests. We keep track of the trends in the area and we apply just protective barriers to keep things out so that even if something is popping nearby, they don't have to deal with it. And that comes with a protection guarantee so that if anything does pop up, we're on the hook for it. We'll be out there taking care of it free of charge for them as long as they're on that proactive plan. 
And I want to make sure people who may not have heard the beginning of the show, uh, when you talked about how careful you are, that you have precision treatments for precision pests. So when you come into the property, you're not going to hurt any pollinators, which is not only important, a lot of people care about, but this is really an important subject, is it not? It is, yeah. And whether you're talking about pollinators as bees or just a local wildlife, you want to have the right things living and the right things dying is really the name of the game. And so that comes down to the right selection of products and tools, as well as where they're being applied and how frequent and in what dosage, like all of those things come into play and need careful consideration and precise measurement and attention and care for the environment to make sure we have really healthy environments around our homes and businesses and things can thrive that need to. What if somebody's listening to the show and says, I want to do what those guys are doing? What should they do? (laughs) They should follow that dream. Yeah, they should reach out to us via our website. They can contact JB, me, anybody directly. We have a lot of different opportunities, whether somebody's interested in you know, learning the ins and outs of service, whether, whether they're interested in managing individuals, training. Um, some people really enjoy the customer service aspect, tucking on the phone. We have opportunities there. And I think really the cool thing about this industry is you're changing people's lives. You're, you know, removing health threats from their exposure. You're, you know, making their lives a little bit better place to live. So lots of good opportunities. And JB, let's make sure people hear this, that you guys are investing in them as well. You are uh, help teaching them a career. And once they learn his career, you kind of, they come in the morning, you set them up and they're their own boss once they leave. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're basically like an independent guy. Like you come in, you grab your, your work vehicle, you get your supplies that you need for the day. Uh, you have a route and you go out and you just, hammer out what you've got on your plate for that day. Um, taking your time and doing your, your services for these individuals that signed up with us. And uh, yeah, it's great. So you come in at like seven 30 in the morning and when you leave, you're done for today. So, so, so anyone looking it. for the career, they're probably gonna be talking to you as well. Correct. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. He's yeah, easy guy to talk to. Yeah. I get to train them. So that's, that's the fun part. So. We might suggest that instead of people watching some of the inane programming on television, that they visit your blog, because I guarantee you they will be educated and entertained. You want to talk to that a little bit, Rob? Yeah, on our website, we've got our blog section there, and we've got it sectioned off by the different types of pests that people can encounter. And this has really just been a piece that has developed over time with different experiences that I have. So I... Last week, uh, I put one up about a tennis match I was having with my kid and it got interrupted by a mouse that was running around. So <laughs> I thought I'd teach a few things about mice. I'm working on one right now. I was out climbing and I got stung by a wasp. So that inspired a wasp post. And then we also, anytime I get an interesting question or odd question that comes in for you know the identification from the entomologist or anything like that, then I try and include those so that I figure if one person has a question on it, tons of other people do as well. Um, but yeah, I try and keep it pretty brief and informative, but rather fun as well. I guarantee you do a great job of that. Yeah. 
And we have a lot of fun watching your passion with regard to what you do on those blogs. Again, if people can't enjoy them, shame on them. Um, the uh, idea of setting up a service, is that just a phone call? I think I got bugs or I want you guys to do an inspection? Phone call, email, um, really whatever is easiest for somebody. I think a phone call is the easiest way to go because we can have that conversation. Most people aren't going to know the information that we need to have. So connecting with us, we'll ask the questions. We'll find out what pieces are missing. A lot of times we can walk people through gathering the information that they have at hand um, that they wouldn't have thought was important, but is a big role in choosing the right solution and just setting things up from there. Usually we can get somebody out within a couple of days, just depends on how popular that pest is in that area at that time. But we get people in as fast as we can and get some eyes on it. If we need more information and just get the service started for them. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, is there a charge to, to spend some time on the phone with people and, and discuss some of their concerns or issues? No, I, there's a surprising number of things that we do for free for people, whether it's identification services, um, I get stuff from all over the country sent to me and I just take care of the identification, send it back to them, give them the tips on what they need to know. Uh, the consultation on the phone is free, probably 40 to 50% of the cases we come across, we need to get somebody out there to be able to see what's going on. If we need to, again, no charge for that. Um, a lot of the educational programs we do for residences and commercial places, those are free as well. So take advantage. Some of the things you're killing in the backyard, uh, are they a food source for larger uh, mammals? The possums or something like that, skunks? Yeah, definitely. Skunks, they're going to be typically going after grubs if they're not just hopping into your garbage can like a raccoon. Um, when you're talking about opossums, they like to feed on ticks. Pretty much everything out there is a food source for something. Even just insects are going to attract arachnids that are going to come eat them. So uh, keeping those unwanted pests down is going to stop other unwanted pests from coming as well. So you, will your treatment harm those larger animals? Now we don't, uh, we don't tackle anything larger than a mouse. If something like that comes in, we refer it to a wildlife company, let them deal with it. We're just dealing with things from mouse down to flea. That's kind of our area. Wow. It's been a great show. You guys have given a ton of information out. I want to remind everyone if uh, they want to give them a call, it's 248-988-9094 or go to rovepestcontrol.com and you can always find them at the insideoutsideguys.com. Once again, that's R-O-V-E pestcontrol.com. Rob Greer and J.B. Hines, thank you so much for coming on today and help educating us and our audience. Greatly appreciated. Very interesting stuff. It is. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys. You have a great day. Hey, even as the Inside Outside guys with special guest, Rove Pest Control, only on 760 WJR.